Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the In Control Family Foundation podcast. We're hopefully talking to a number of parents out there about how to work with their teen driver and make them the best driver they can be. Today, we're talking about sharing the road, and it's section one or part one. And I have with me Jeremy Randall. Hello, Jeremy. Hello, Dan. And Jeremy is our director of operations here at In Control. And Jeremy, maybe you can just jump right into this one and let's talk about sharing the road. Sure. So we're talking basically about uh, having to share the road with the other vehicles that might be out there. Um, And uh, in future podcasts, probably pedestrians and bicycles and that sort of thing as well. But here in part one, we're really concentrating on two things, trucks and work zones and other things that might be along the side of the road, work zone related. So let's get right into trucks. And one thing that the guide here is pointing out right away is what a disadvantage smaller vehicles are at when you talk about a crash with a larger vehicle like a truck. So I think it's worth stating, you know, we tend to not read the read through the guide here, but, you know, it says here, in crashes involving larger trucks, the occupants of cars, usually the driver, sustain 78% of the fatalities. So in other words, you know, you versus a truck, you're going to lose. So we need to make sure that we aren't involved in these crashes with trucks. And there's a number of ways that we can talk to our young drivers, our newer drivers, about how to be safe around trucks. There's some things that they wouldn't know. Maybe you know as an experienced driver, but they wouldn't know unless somebody tells them. So we want to make sure we fill you in on some of that. So the first big one here is making sure we never cut off a truck. Now, we shouldn't cut anybody off. Let's make that clear. But trucks specifically... Trucks, buses, larger, heavier vehicles like that, dump trucks, they can't slow down very very aggressively, I guess is a good way of saying it. They, it takes them a long time to reduce their speed because of their weight. So we need to make sure that we leave enough space between us and the truck for us to pull in safely so that they don't need to hit their brakes or if there was an emergency that us and the vehicle behind us would be able to stop as well. So we want to make sure we can give you guys some tips to make sure that we're safe around these much larger vehicles, these trucks and buses out there on the road. And really the first one is going to be about how to pass them safely. And here in the guide, it's talking about cutting in front can cut your life short. And what it's really referring to is the amount of space you need to leave between your back bumper and the truck's front bumper before you should re-enter that lane with them cutting in front of their vehicle or pulling in front of their vehicle. And so here's the really good tip to use as you're passing that vehicle and your plan is to pull, you know, pull back in front of them. You want to make sure that you can see both of their headlights in your rearview mirror before you reenter that lane. By doing that, you're going to make sure that there's plenty of space between their front bumper and your back bumper to do it safely. It's always a good rule too. When there's a truck behind you, you really want to stay off your brakes. If there's an emergency and you have to get on the brakes, at least having this additional space will keep you a bit safer. But it takes so long for a truck to stop that we really want to limit our brakes whenever there's something larger right behind us. I also like to point out that a lot of people will pass a truck quickly and then want to get off an exit, something like that. That's incredibly dangerous. When If you think, well, what if I was just stay behind that truck a little bit longer? Yeah, I couldn't go quite as fast. But slowing down and pulling behind is going to be a much safer option than speeding up, pulling in front, and then hitting the brakes. I'm sure all the experienced drivers out there know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm sure you've seen it before. We just need to make sure that we understand that around these trucks, they cannot stop quickly. 
It's going to take them a very long distance to slow down. And so we really need to make sure that we're limiting the brakes around the front of that truck whenever we possibly can. The next big category is going to be watching for the truck's blind spots. In an earlier podcast, we talked about how to eliminate the blind spot in the average car, truck, SUV, and we can do a pretty good job of that. But when you talk about tractor trailers, large buses, um, much larger vehicles like this, the, the way that they're designed, they're just our physical limitations as far as where they can see. And so we want to talk about what the guide here calls no zones. And I think we'll probably, since this is going to be a little hard to explain, we'll probably include a link in the uh, video, uh, the podcast description to talk about where these no zones are in, in a video so you can actually see them. But let me just describe them here uh, briefly as well. Directly in front of the vehicle, up to about 25 feet, you can completely disappear on some of these trucks. So being right in front of a truck can be really, really dangerous. And that's what, one reason we want to leave that additional space well out in front of us before we re-enter their lane. Also directly behind a large truck. You think about a tractor trailer, there's no rear view mirror. They can't see you if you're right behind their vehicle. And in some vehicles, some tractor trailers, some large trucks like this, it can be more than 100 or even 200 feet before they can see what's behind that vehicle. And so you need to, you should be making sure you're at least 200 feet off the back of that vehicle. But we what we'd recommend is using your three second rule. Anytime you're there's a truck in front of you, make sure you leave that three second rule. And then we can say, okay, that driver of that truck should be able to see us in their normal mirrors. Then we have no zones on either side of the vehicle. On the driver's side, it's just behind the driver's door to about halfway back of the trailer. In that area it's very unlikely without them turning completely around and looking out their window that they'll be able to see you. And I can tell you that a tractor trailer driver is not going to be turning and looking all the way over there like that. So we need to make sure we, we don't hang out in those zones. If we're going to pass on the left, which is the proper side to pass on, we need to make sure that we do it consistently, steadily. We're just going to go right by them. We don't want to floor it going by them, anything like that. We want to be consistent. So we'd be in their mirror off their back corner of their trailer, about halfway up their trailer, we're still in our mirror. And then we will disappear for about halfway up the trailer till we reach their driver's door. And even just next to their cab sometimes can be really hard if they don't actually turn their head. And so to stay just consistent and actually pass off the front corner of their vehicle before you were to say, hang, kind of hang out in that area. Really, we don't want to hang around on our, hang out around a truck anyway, but we never want to hang out in these no zones. Now, here's the biggest one. On the right-hand side of a truck, right? So you are on its passenger side. Now, normally you shouldn't be passing in this area ever because you're passing on the right, not something you're supposed to do, but almost the entire length of the vehicle on that side is a no zone. Oddly, it's different from the driver's side because of where the driver is sitting. They're on the left side of the vehicle. That means the right side of the vehicle has a much larger blind spot or no zone. So it basically goes from the back of the trailer all the way up to that driver's door. So it's almost the whole length of the vehicle that they can't see you. So if there is a truck passing you and they end up slowing down and then you end up getting stuck in this no zone on that right-hand side, you might want to reduce your speed and back off a bit more so they're not right next to you. Because if they were to change lanes now to the right, which is usually the lane they, they would want to be in, they might not be able to see your vehicle at all. So it's not even a situation in which you put yourself there. Somebody else might put you there, but then you might want to make uh, a change to make sure that you're not stuck there. 
and we should never be passing on that right-hand side, so that shouldn't be a big concern. But when you first get on the road and you're merging into traffic, be aware that if you are, if there is a tractor trailer there, they can't see you. And so I'd encourage rather than trying to get in front of them, you know, you know, accelerating to try to pull out in front of that truck, just hang back a little bit, go a little bit slower, match their speed or a little bit less, and just pull in right behind them. And you can always pass them at that point if you need to. Jim, I think I'll add in general, if we can be cognitive of the blind spots that other vehicles have, if uh, you, people are not properly adjusting their mirrors, we've gone through this a number of times in different podcasts, how to set up your mirrors. But if you don't have your mirrors set up properly, any vehicle can have a space where you, you get lost. And the, if you're driving next to a vehicle or slightly behind the driver, they're not necessarily going to see you. And so when you're traveling, whether it's a big truck, whether it's a small vehicle, you really want to make it a habit to stay out of what could potentially be their blind spot. In bumper-to-bumper traffic, people are going to be much more aware of the fact that they have to be careful before they change lanes. But if you're just traveling in a, in a weird place and, and uh, there's not a lot of traffic and that person suddenly decides, oh, I'm going to take this exit up ahead, they may not completely look in their mirror. Or they may not be cognizant of the fact that they've got that blind spot and you could find yourself in trouble. So just think twice before you're traveling next to somebody. Now, how about this squeeze play? So, Dan, the, the squeeze play here, let me kind of paint the picture. You're on a two-lane road or even a single-lane road, and a truck is going to make a right-hand turn. Now, in order for this truck to make a right-hand turn on some roads and with some trucks, they may have to swing out to the left to be able to clear that actual turn, okay? So they move their vehicle out to the left. Now, I've seen this happen in real life before. As they move to the left, somebody, an impatient driver, uh, all of a sudden starts to try to pass them on the right. But the reality was that truck was pulling out to the left to be able to make the right-hand turn, and that car got stuck between the truck and the curb and had nowhere to go and ended up in being involved in a crash with that truck. So we need to make sure that we understand that how that, that squeeze play exists and that any time a truck is trying to make a turn, they need a lot of space to be able to do that and so to give them a lot of space. Now, we never want to pull to the right of that truck when it's trying to make that turn. And if you see a truck kind of veering out to the left, maybe now you'll think twice and go, okay, wait a second, maybe this guy's going to be turning. I need to make sure that I give them a lot of room. So we want to make sure we really pay attention to their signals. And we want to be aware of just looking at what they're doing and the situation that that's kind of ahead of us, where we are in relation to other things. But we never want to get stuck between a truck and the curb when they're making a right-hand turn. Obviously, left-hand turns can be difficult too, but usually they're going to have more space. They can pull into the center of an intersection before they can make their left-hand turn. But also remember, if you're in a two lanes turning to the left and you're on the inside and the truck's on the outside, right? That truck might cut into your lane a little bit. So what I always do when a truck's making a turn, I'm never next to them. And I think that's just a good general rule of thumb. Just go a little bit slower, let them make their turn first, and then you make your turn. I think that's probably a pretty good, pretty good rule overall. Never be next to a truck when it's making a turn. And there's another one that's not necessarily in here, but I want to make sure I pay attention to as well. I could be looking to make a left turn and there could be a truck entering the same road that I'm on right now and they're making a right turn and they might need room to swing out in the space that I'm in. They're making a right-hand turn onto the road that I'm on, but I'm headed in the opposite direction. And as I, as I see that truck maybe doing that, I don't pull all the way up to the stop line. I'll tend to hang back quite a bit more, allowing that truck to have a little bit of the room if they need it 
because I've definitely seen trucks get stuck in intersections as well, where people just don't give them the room they need. Our roads are designed much more for cars, uh, you know, light trucks and SUVs than they are for tractor trailers, especially in our more residential areas. So whenever you're around them, if you can just provide more space for them, everybody, including you and your young driver, are going to be in a much safer situation. So when you're out there during driving lessons, talk about this stuff. You see a tractor trailer, great time. Here are the no zones. Look, look at these areas. If you can't see the driver in the mirror, they can't see you. If there's, uh, you know, an intersection coming up, talk about those different situations with your driver and talk about how serious those can be. You don't want to get run over by the rear wheels of a tractor trailer. That's a pretty serious situation. And so make sure that we really respect these trucks at all times. So in part one, the final section has to do with work zones. Yeah. So work zones, um, you know, and I'll include in this uh, around me, there tends to be a lot of, there's still work zones, but like trash pickup on the side of the road, you have people mowing the high, the, the, the side of the highway. You know, we can even include in this, uh, police officers and maybe other emergency vehicles that could be on the side of the road or highway maintenance people. There's all kinds of different things that might be out there. And whenever we see orange signs, right, the orange work zone signs, we need to pay, uh, pay, Uh, extra attention. We need to reduce our speed a little bit um, when it's appropriate. And we need to make sure we're looking for those signs. So we want to stay alert in general around work zones. They're very busy places. There's a lot of different things going on. Sometimes there's machinery that actually pulls um, out, you know, out between some cones into the middle of the road in front of you, or there could be a dump truck in front of you that all of a sudden almost comes to a stop on the road to be able to make a turn to get into that work zone. So we need to really be paying attention here. Slowing down is always a good idea to a certain extent. We don't want to slow way down in a work zone beyond what's reasonable. You know, we're not coming to a stop or anything like that. But when the speed limit drops from 65 down to 35 in a work zone, adjust your speed, right? These are people that have lives and are just trying to do the, a good job and keep our roads safe. And so we want to make sure we're, we're certainly respecting them. And we need to stay uh, alert to these signs and pay attention to what they mean. Uh, and try to do whatever we can to give them as much room as possible. Now, one of the tricks here that they're talking about is when you don't see signs, take your cues sometimes from trucks. Now, I always encourage you to pay as much attention as you possibly can and encourage your young drivers to do the same. But you can take cues from larger trucks. They are a lot higher up, and so they can see a lot further down the road at times. And they, because they can't stop very quickly and they're not very maneuverable, they'll tend to make adjustments over a long period of time. So they'll be very early in the process here. There's something a mile down the road. Well, they're moving over and slowing down and you know, you see some brake lights coming on a little bit early. Well, we can react to that rather than try to speed around them and pass them because why are they hitting their brakes? Well, there's probably a good reason for it. So we can take the cues from that. Be cautious when you see trucks hitting their brakes. It's probably for a good reason. And we also want to make sure that we're merging properly. Often in work zones, we're going to lose a lane. Or if we don't lose a lane, if the, but there's a police officer on the side of the road, or there, you know, there are some people picking up trash on the side of the road, we don't want to go by them closely at 65 miles an hour. So it makes sense often to change lanes or merge then as well. And Dan, when we talk about merging, there, there seems to be a lot of different ideas on how we're supposed to merge properly in a work zone. The way merging lanes are set up, they're not typically used the way they're supposed to be used. But the goal is for drivers, if there's two lanes merging together, for drivers in both lanes to get as much 
time in those two lanes or in the in the lane that's about to merge as possible and then have a every other car gets a chance to merge what we often see on our roadways where this hasn't been taught very well is that people tar- start to get frustrated that the driver in the outside or inside lane that's supposed to merge into them is traveling as far down as they can possibly go. And sometimes you'll see people actually ride between two lanes to try to discourage people from you know pulling in front of them or cutting them off. But really, the appropriate way to work those lanes is for both lanes to be completely full as far as they can go. And the one that's going to be merging over would merge just along where the cones are starting to ask them to, to, to move over out of their lane. And that way you just gracefully let each vehicle in and it actually would make the traffic flow a little bit faster and reduce the number of people stopped behind you if the traffic came to a complete stop simply because there's more roadway to take advantage of. So we'll put a link to a couple of the YouTube videos out there that kind of show how to properly merge. But it is one of those misunderstood things because I think people get really territorial about their space in a lane and then they get frustrated that somebody got ahead of them. You know, there's a lot of research that's been done on this and it really has shown that it's safer and more productive to wait into the last minute. And then what I would call sort of zipper in each lane takes a turn, right? A car from this lane, a car from that lane, a car from this lane, a car. So it it really does work well. But there is that cultural sort of issue with that where some people do a lot of people take issue with that. And they, they merge very, very early on. And then there ends up being one or two lanes with nobody in it. And everybody's backing up and people get stuck. So it is worth talking about that with your new driver because we we want them to know what the safest and best practice is, but also that other people do exist too. And here's the reason they might be getting frustrated with you or honking or, or, you know, like Dan said, kind of blocking half the lane. And so it's good for them to just understand kind of both sides of that. But really the most efficient and safest way to do it is to use the lanes until they start to disappear. Now, if you're if everybody's still traveling at fairly high speeds, you might not want to wait till the cones just show up and then somebody doesn't let you in. That could be dangerous, but you're you're not going to merge excessively early either. At slow speeds, you know, talking heavy traffic, you're going five or you know eight or five miles an hour, something like that. Then you can basically wait till the cones and just work your way right in, and you should be able to zipper in. If you're in the lane that people are merging with, let people in. That's going to keep the flow of traffic going, and if everybody's doing that, the flow of traffic moves a lot smoother. It's when people start getting aggressive and aren't being very cooperative or respectful that the traffic really backs up and we get these very bad traffic jams. The only thing I just want to add in the whole work zone concept is the slow down, move over mantra that is the law now. And it applies to work zones. It applies to police officers on the side of the road. It applies to you know tow trucks or something that's going on there. And the, and the trick is, if you can't move over, you have to slow down. That's basically how it's built. If you can move over one lane, everybody's going to be happier. It's going to be safer for the people who have to be on the side of the road. But if that's not possible due to traffic or whatever the issue is, you didn't see it, you came over the crest of a hill, and you're suddenly upon this situation, it wouldn't be safe for you to change lanes that quickly. You do need to slow down. There isn't a set speed that you should be reducing by, but I would tell you at least dropping your speed 10 miles an hour. You don't want to slam on the brakes, but you definitely want to drop the speed a little bit and make sure that you're not flying by at 65 miles an hour while people are working on the side of the road. Yeah, Dan, I think that's overall great advice. I mean, the slower you're going, the more control you're going to have and the sooner you'd be able to stop if something did happen. 
overall. And I, I think what it comes to with work zones is they're out there to keep our roads safe. They're not out there to frustrate you and cause problems in your commute. We, we need to make sure that that's the understanding that we have. And really, it comes back to respect. I think there's a lot going on here in this podcast. But one of the big recurring themes is respecting other drivers, respecting other people around you, and just having that mindset that you're in a big, heavy piece of machinery and it's dangerous. And so we need to do whatever we can to make sure that we are sharing the road properly with everybody else that's around us, trucks, other vehicles, pedestrians, work zones, anybody that might be out there. Well, Jeremy, thank you very much for helping out with this Sharing the Road Part 1. And for those of you listening at home, we look forward to you hearing us again soon.